Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to, to study God's Word today. What always a privilege to open up this amazing book called the Bible. Thank you for each word. Thank you for the challenge. Thank you for helping us. And I believe with all my heart that what is said today, mixed with faith, will absolutely revolutionize our lives. It'll help us get us back on track. It'll help us in a major way to continue our courage to to be growing during this season. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for all your many blessings in our lives. We are honored to be a part of the family of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, during this COVID season, I've seen a very troubling trend. Over and over again, I've seen this, and it seems like the longer this season continues, the more I see good people being moved by fear and anxiety. Good people being moved by all the voices and doomsday prophets, if you will. All good people just being moved by their feelings and by their emotions. And let me be perfectly honest with you. Uh, my, my concern is that there are far too many followers of Christ who are listening to all the wrong influences and voices. And that's very concerning to me. And so because of that, I'm starting a brand new two-part series today that I believe will help not only address that, but give us some real important tools so that we can truly look to Jesus and His Word and see great victory in every area of our lives. So I'm starting today a two-part series entitled, Moved by What Moves God. Moved by What Moves God. Today I want to deal with a major destructive influence that I see uh, creeping in to our lives, good people's lives, like I've said, people of God. And this major influence is really um, weaving its way in to the hearts of good people. And so today I want to expose indifference. I want to expose indifference. I want us to understand and, and realize how subtle this is and how destructive this is and what are the symptoms and how do we deal with it? Because I believe it'll absolutely address and expose some very important things in each one of our lives. Here's our big takeaway. Here's where we're, we're heading today. The problem with indifference is that many who have it don't know it, and those that do don't care. That's a powerful statement. We'll leave that up there for just a second because it is one that we really need to understand because of the subtleness of indifference. And we really need to expose how it operates in the lives of good people. Here's a definition. Let me define indifference for you. That which is looked upon as not mattering one way or the other. That which is regarded as being of no significance, importance, or value. Indifference. That's so critical that you understand that because this produces a great, this, a, 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 really a destructive attitude of whatever, who cares. That is indifference and it's, it's everywhere you look today it is running rampant. So Proverbs 132, 
says this about indifference. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Wow, that's a powerful statement. Because of indifference, so many people are not living life to the fullest. Many never learn to care deeply about anything worthwhile. Good opportunities, God opportunities are missed and never realized. Indifference is one of those subtle destructive influences because it gradually and slowly develops. And that's what makes it so hard to identify. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 puts it in a good way. It says, we must pay most careful attention. Now notice that please. We must care most, the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. So important that we keep rehearsing the truth. So important that we keep understanding what we already know, what we've taught, what we've learned, what we've got our minds renewed to. It's so important that we take the time to spend our most careful attention to the things that we have heard so that what? We don't drift away. That we don't allow this subtle force, this subtle influence of indifference to take a grip on us. The writer of Hebrews warns us of this possible drifting away from the things we know to be right. Um, another translation says, letting them slip. The Greek actually says, run out as leaky vessels. Run out as leaky vessels. You think about that if you've ever had a leaky radiator or your oil pan was leaking and it's just this little thing and this little drip. Um, but that's exactly what happens when we don't pay and give heed, give attention to what we've heard, to what we know, to keep rehearsing and, and, and growing in what we, not only what we know, but to keep the growing going in our lives. Please note, this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, one is, is not diligent one day and then, you know, totally lazy the next day. Absolutely not. That's what makes it hard for us to recognize. This is a slow drip, a slow drifting away, a slow um, leak that takes place in our lives if we're not careful. It gradually, gradually strikes at the heart first and then manifests itself in our actions. So it's internal. And that's why it's so hard to notice. That's why it's so hard to realize what's taking place because it's hidden and subtle on the inside of our hearts. I believe by the way Jesus lived, by the way he taught, and by the way he preached, he despised indifference. There's no doubt about it. Jesus rejected the middle ground. And I believe God taught it that that is the lowest way for us to live. So often we think the middle ground is not so bad. It's just halfway, right? It's not quite all the way to one side that's wrong. And so we don't, we don't necessarily uh, think much about the middle ground. But however, God's perspective is that it's the lowest ground of all, the middle ground. And let's read about it in Revelations chapter 3, 14 through 16, a familiar portion of Scripture for most of us. It might be new to some others, but let's read this describing the Laodicean church. And it, uh, the heading above these verses uh, are, is entitled, the lukewarm church. So let's read in Revelation chapter 3. It says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, I know your deeds, 
that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Oh my goodness. I, I don't know uh, verses that are much stronger than that. Those, that's strong language. That is the, the, the imagery of that and the, the strength of that. Boy, I tell you, it grips your attention, doesn't it? It really does. These are strong words. And Jesus is talking about those who are lukewarm. He says, you're better off being hot or you're better off being cold. But lukewarm is never a good place to be. Here's an example that I believe will drive this point home today. I'm going to say a word and I want you to shout back the opposite. All right. So I know you're there around your family and so forth, but I'm going to say a word uh, and, and you tell me and just say it out loud what the opposite is. So ready? Hot. Of course, cold. Another one, love. And of course, hate. And here's how we think the progression is. We think the progression is hot, lukewarm, cold. Hot, lukewarm, cold. That makes sense. When something is hot, right? Not quite as hot any longer. Now it's lukewarm and then it's cold. But that is not the Bible progression. Here is the Bible progression. And here's what you need to see from God's word today. It's hot, cold, lukewarm. So the lowest place and the most critical place is the lukewarm place. So hot, cold, lukewarm. Now, there's a, a, another that we think this progression. Here's the second progression I want, to, want us to deal with is love, indifference, hate. So we think that this is how it works. And it makes sense, right? Love and the less love you have, you enter into indifference and then eventually you're going to hate. But that's not the Bible progression. And here is the Bible progression. Love, hate, indifference. And putting indifference always in the lowest place, in the most undesirable place, in the most difficult place, the most dangerous place. And so we understand that lukewarm and indifference are in that lowest place. And you need to see this from God's perspective. You need to see this from how he declared this over the church and how we see this working in technicolor surround sound around us right now in this season that we find ourselves in. For example, uh, when it comes to food, hot and cold, right, has, has a purpose. <laughs> we know that hot and cold have a real purpose when it comes to food. Uh, whereas lukewarm food really has no purpose whatsoever, right? Lukewarm food, lukewarm coffee, tea, lukewarm soup. I can't stand it. I'm always going to the microwave um, and heating up my soup. I don't like lukewarm soup. And I know others who are soup fans, you know that we, we need to have it hot. We need to have it hot. Uh, perfect example of this is celery, right? When celery is cold and run out of the refrigerator, it's awesome, right? A little bit of cream cheese, a little bit of peanut butter, maybe some raisins on top, right? That's a great snack. That's really good. But wimpy celery left out on the counter overnight, guess what? Man, it's good for nothing, right? Who wants to eat that? Nobody does. What do we do? We throw it away um, because it's either hot or cold that we enjoy. 
but we don't enjoy anything that's lukewarm. Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Hot is best, but even cold is better than lukewarm. Wow. See, Joan Vinge said this about this whole subject, and this is so good. Indifference is the strongest force in the universe. It makes everything it touches meaningless. Love and hate don't stand a chance against it. Wow, that's a powerful statement. And it's so true. And it's one that I bring to your attention so that we can see the destructive nature of indifference and see when we can identify it in our own hearts or identify the slipping and identify the leaking that we can truly understand. This is dangerous. This is like the alarm is sounding. And, and I feel and I hear this alarm going off in my heart. And over the last several weeks of ministering God's word to you on a Sunday, um, it, this, the, the messages have been strong and warning type and, and challenging. Why? Because of the season that we find ourselves in. It's one that we need to be challenged. We need to make sure that we're hearing God's word in a powerful way. So how can we tell if we're under the influence of indifference? Well, let me give you three quick symptoms of indifference. Number one, the first symptom is indifference wants it easy. Indifference wants it easy. Indifference doesn't want to be challenged. Um, uh, indifference is just satisfied the way things are, right? Satisfied. That's where we get the attitude where you hear people say, well, whatever, and, and who cares? Uh, you know, marriage, family, career, relationship, God, and others, we write, we're in our comfort zone. And so it's a status quo living. E the easier, the better. And we're living in a season right now where we want it easy. It's so challenging what we see. It's so challenging what we feel. So challenging being moved by what's all around us. There's no doubt about that, right? But, you know, we have to be careful that we don't settle in that because that's a symptom that indifference is beginning to settle into your heart. Symptom number two, indifference can't feel. Indifference can't feel. You've heard me say this before. You know, it, it'd be challenging and be terrible to, you know, have such pain in your legs uh, that you'd have to go to the hospital because of that pain. But what would be worse? What would be worse is you were in the hospital and you didn't feel any pain at all in your legs. See, that's even more challenging. There's obviously something even greater happening in your body when that takes place. There are so many people who just don't feel anymore due to the events, due to things that are beyond their control, due to all the overwhelming nature lasting as long as it has, right? People are not wanting to feel. Over a process of time, painful events and have caused hearts to become hopeless and calloused and hard and, and oftentimes so hurt and disappointed and discouraged that walls have been built to protect them um, from even more hurt and more devastation. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. What a powerful verse of scripture. But the, the first part of that is so true. Another translation says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. Another says, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. 
and says, never notice the, the unrelenting disappointment. So that, that's the part of this verse that it's unrelenting, meaning what? It's wave after wave after wave of disappointment. This is not just a one-time disappointment. This is just one week. This isn't just one month. This is three months. This is longer. This is going on and on and on. And, and, and that's how usually indifference develops. And that's what enters in our heart. It takes time to pierce our heart. It takes time to creep in to that place. There's no doubt about it. So they don't want to feel. They don't want to care. Because they've learned early that caring and feeling, right, is often way too painful in their lives. Indifference can't feel because indifference doesn't care. That's strong. Indifference can't feel because indifference doesn't care. Third symptom that we deal with with indifference is indifference rejects things as they could be. It rejects things as they can be. Think about this. Indifference is the state of feeling that, man, it doesn't matter what I do because it's, it's not going to work. And we just kind of have the give up and, and just develop that victim mentality, right? Indifference is the state of feeling that where you don't care, even if you know there's certain actions, even though you know there are certain things in your life that would improve, right? That would actually make things better. We know that. Um, but yet um, we don't go there. Why? Because even though there are multiple benefits, even though we're aware that that thing or this thing would actually improve and help things to turn around in whatever area we're dealing with, uh, indifference, even though it's true and is aware, doesn't do it, right? Indifference says, I don't like what I have to do. I don't like the fact that, um, uh, that if I, you know, it's just too much work, right? I know if I do that, there's going to be some benefit, but it's too much work, so I, I throw up my hands. Or I don't like uh, what I have, and I have very little hope that it's ever going to change. So we develop this victim mentality. We develop this, you know, attitude that says, I get it, but I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to deal with it. So I pray that none of these symptoms, right, describe anyone watching today. I know how challenging this season has been. I know the, the, what I hear, what I go through myself, what's going on in the lives of people. See, when you love God and you know God loves you, and when you're moved by what moves God, there's a fresh excitement. There's a fresh joy available to us every day. See, when God's word comes alive in our heart, what happens? There's always hope. Right? There's always hope that the marriage can be better. There's always hope that our finances can be better. There's always hope that, that our, the career and our relationships and our outlook on life can be better. So never give up and never settle for any one of those symptoms because there's always hope in God. There's always a better tomorrow. There's always something God desires to do to bring about victory and restoration and healing into our lives. Listen very carefully. Indifference is just a symptom. It's never a cause. It's just a symptom. So if it's just a symptom, then we got to go back and figure out, okay, what are some of the root causes here? We talked about some of the symptoms, but, but we need to understand in order to really uh, under, 
take care of and identify and deal a deadly blow to indifference, we have to understand the underlining reasons that have caused this indifference. So how do we overcome indifference? Let me spend the last part of this message today talking about some solutions here. And obviously, we'll, it'll be continued next week because I won't finish it all today. But how do we overcome indifference? Well, here's, I believe, one of the number one ways and the number one understanding that we must um, put into our lives and be aware of. Number one is have a fresh encounter with God. My goodness. Have a fresh encounter with God. A relationship with God is what? It's the most fulfilling relationship, right? The most fulfilling experience that you can live with and, and live in your everyday life. It's so important. Yet I've observed that the vast majority of us as believers, we start off with a lot of passion and a lot of zeal, right? In our relationship with God. And over time, our enthusiasm subsides. And on a day-to-day -day basis, so many of our relationships with God eventually become passive and indifferent. Uh, there are occasional bursts of excitement and, 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 it, and, and this excitement oftentimes is just short-lived and our walk with God seems to have a few highs and some lows and a whole lot of mundane in between. We've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. Maybe you're there right now. And, and we ask ourselves, why is that? Why is it that's so true? That it, Doesn't that strike a a certain chord, that something is totally and terribly wrong with the fact that we have so much mon mundane um, seasons in our lives and we're serving the God of the universe. We're serving uh, uh, an all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, everywhere at once God, a, a Lord, a Savior that loves us and, and, and is compassionate towards us and a Holy Spirit that wants to help us. It, it, all of that and then a mundane life doesn't seem like that just doesn't work. Something is wrong with that. So Jesus really, you know, declares and says some things that, that I believe really helps put all this in perspective in Romans 12, verse 11. It says this in Romans 12, verse 11, Never be lagging in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Romans 12, 11, in a different translation says, says, work hard, work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. My goodness. So it takes work. It takes perspective. It takes, you know, that made up mind. It takes that person that says, I'm not letting go, right? Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. The Bible is clear that our passion and our spiritual fervor should be constant, right? And, and yet, so many of us find ourselves um, in not living a fresh life. So many of us find ourselves in a place where the excitement that we once felt um, seems to be waning in our lives. We understood, we feel, we have felt the goodness of God. We have felt the power of God. We have felt the anointing of God. We have felt His presence. We have, have heard His voice. And, and there are certain things that we just know in our lives. But yet after certain circumstances, man, this relationship is in a, a hurting place. And God wants to help us understand that. It's time for a fresh encounter 
with God, right? We have this innate sense that serving God, uh, serving this all-powerful God should not be mundane. Absolutely. Guarding the fire of devotion in my heart is the most fundamental, foundational, spiritual discipline of my Christian life. Now think about that. This is something that I focus on on a regular basis. Something that each one of us need to focus on on a regular basis. basis. Guarding the fire of devotion in our hearts. But let me just keep it real. Let me just be honest with you. This has been one of the most difficult seasons for me to keep my fire burning bright. My emotions have been up and down all over the map. It's amazing how the, the, the simple things have become so much more difficult in my life. Working hard to keep my fire and passion burning bright. And I know you can relate. And you might say, wow, Pastor, you're going through what I'm going through? We all are. Are you kidding me? Every one of us are. And it's important that we are, are, are real about it and expose it because it's just so true up and down and all over the map. You see, when my fire burns brightly, I love worshiping. I love praying. I, I love obeying God. I hear His voice clearly. And, and man, there's a, a daily flow uh, of, of fire on a, on a regular basis in my life. But when that fire dims and, man, it smolders, let me tell you something, I find even the basic commitments become burdensome as I try to maintain my fire in my own strength. So this is real. This is real, people. This is absolutely um, what we're all dealing with during this time. Every one of us, no matter our age in the Lord, no matter our experience, we are all under this attack. We are all in that place where we have to really focus in on our relationship with God and making sure that we keep it fresh and alive. Maintaining this newness and freshness with God is something we literally have to fight to protect. I have never fought more for my fire, for my stability, and, and, and I work hard at all of that. I have never worked harder to make sure that this continually stays strong in my life. Make no mistake about it. We're going to have to fight to never be lagging in zeal. We're going to have to fight to always keep our spiritual fervor alive. There's a very real enemy, and he wants to what? Law us to sleep. He wants us to law us to sleep. He wants us to be moved, not by God, by what moves God. He wants us to be moved by everything that's around us, everything that we're feeling, all the drama, all the craziness, all the news. There's no doubt about it today. Regardless of how long we followed Jesus, the newness and zeal we've experienced in Christ that we first received, right, needs, God so desires to make that evident every day and fresh every day. If we're not experiencing that, we need to press in and open up our hearts and be real about it and say, man, I'm being, I'm being challenged and watch God come alongside of us in our honesty. 2 Timothy 1.6 in the Amplified Version says this, to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gift of God, the inner fire 
that is within you. Man, I'm going to read that again. That's so good, right? To stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gift of God, the inner fire that is in you. That inner fire is so important. It's the inner fire that keeps indifference out. It's the inner fire that keeps apathy out. It's the inner fire that, that commands and, and says to indifference, you can't enter here. In fact, you're, it's impossible uh, to break through uh, that inner fire in our lives. When that fire of God in our hearts is alive and burning bright, let me tell you something, um, it is wonderful and it is protection. It is good for us. But when it's missing, oh my goodness, the quality of our walk with God, Lord, it absolutely begins to, to be something that was once alive is now a drudgery and very difficult to go through. So how do we continually experience newness in a world where everything ages? And how do we experience freshness when everything quickly becomes stale? Well, we must become intimately acquainted with a hard attitude that the, the church as a whole have oftentimes gotten away from and, and something I've been doing a lot more lately. And that word is surrendering. Surrendering. You know, when you find yourself in a place of indifference, when you find yourself in a place of apathy, when you find yourself in a place being tempted to be complacent and have that whatever attitude or, or that victim mentality attitude or, or that overwhelming nature of, your, of the season that you find yourself in, we need seasons of surrender. Surrender. And we must learn that surrendering is not a one-time experience. It's not, you know, the day you gave your life to Christ, you surrendered your your life, your heart, you bowed your knee. Thank God we did. Thank God you did. And if you haven't yet, we need to, to surrender your heart to Jesus. But it's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing discipline. It's an ongoing thing. We, we must fight indifference daily. So that means oftentimes daily we must be in that heart of surrendering, surrendering our heart. Surrendering your life is more than just trusting Jesus, as I said for your salvation. It's not simply adding another spiritual dimension to your life. It is absolutely recognizing the, the value of taking that lower position to say, I can't do this by myself. This is overwhelming. This is difficult. This is a test like I've never had before. Uh, this is a, something that we, we have to recognize and be absolutely real about. Maybe you're realizing that maybe you've never really totally surrendered um, your life to God. Or maybe at one point the fire burned brightly and now it's not near and, uh, as it once was and you become lukewarm and hard and lost your desire and lost your passion. Or maybe the things of this world you've yielded to and, and it's bogged you down. It's bogged you down and sin has crept back into your, to your life and, and we must surrender afresh and anew. Remember, indifference is subtle. It develops gradually and slowly. Whatever the case may be, I have some encouraging words for you today. In the midst of all this, in the midst of being honest and real today, in the midst of what you're dealing with, God will meet you right where you are. And that's so good to know that. Wherever you are today, God will meet you there. Humble yourselves before God and ask Him for forgiveness. There's just something wonderful about this well-timed repentance. Repentance is not a bad word. Repentance is a good word. 
And we must learn to, that, that there are times in our life where we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And James 4.10 tells us that. Look what it says. James 4.10 says, Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will what? Lift you up. He will lift you up. And it's time to be lifted up when we feel like we're dry and even dead and even in that place of a hard heart. Any spiritual awakening always starts from a place of sincere repentance and fresh surrender. Did you hear that? Sincere repentance and fresh surrender. And although our repentance and surrender and through all that, God does what? He fills us again with his presence and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit that happens in our lives. Let me give you one last point here. And how do we overcome indifference? Well, first of all, we have a fresh encounter with God. And number two, and I'll continue this next week. Number two, it's all about people. It's all about people. See, let's pray that we'll always live our lives sensitive to God, sensitive to his word, and sensitive to the needs of people. See, when we're no longer moved by what moves God, we become selfish. We become internal. We become, what about me? We get into survival mode. We get into that place where it's not about what matters to God anymore. And so I know that I'm so grateful that Jesus wasn't indifferent to my needs, to my weaknesses, my shortcomings. Hebrews 4.15 reminds us, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feelings with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. Oh my goodness. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. And thank God for that verse. Thank God Jesus wasn't indifferent about my own weaknesses. And, and one last verse before I close. What a great example in this verse of the heart of Jesus. And we'll, we'll, we'll pick this up, but I, I, you need to understand that this heart that Jesus has is a heart that lives inside of us when we are full of that fire and full of that passion. Matthew 9, 36. Here's my last scripture. When he saw the throngs, he was moved with pity and sympathy for them, for they were bewildered, harassed, and distressed, and dejected, and helpless. Oh my goodness, all those feelings. Every one of them, one of us have felt these things. Like sheep without a shepherd. The Bible says he was deeply moved with compassion. Jesus cared because he cared about the quality of lives in people. He cared about what mattered to God. We are never more alive when we allow ourselves to be moved by what moves God. Amen. The greatest thief to making a difference is indifference. So what moves the heart of God? Hearts without Jesus. The lost, the hurting, the broken, the disenfranchised, the hopeless, right? The kingdom of God, for it to work, we have to care. For the kingdom of God to work, we need to love. For the kingdom of God to work, we need to feel. For the kingdom of God to work, we need to be moved. There are a lot of things that are beyond our control. There's a lot of things happening around us right now that, that we don't understand, we don't see necessarily an end to, or we don't know how it's all going to work out. But let me tell you something. We can still, in the midst of it all, care about others.
Come on, IFC. Let's care. Let's love. Let's feel. Let's be moved. On the other side of caring and loving and feeling and being moved are what? People. People. And I want us to understand how important it is today that we are moved by what moves God, not by what moves culture or our society or all the craziness that's around us. I want us to change our focus. And I'll talk more about that next week because I want to talk about one of the greatest stories in the Bible where we see God's heart being moved. And it's in John 4 where Jesus has this encounter with the woman at the well. Oh my goodness, don't you dare miss next week because it's going to put all this in perspective because I want us to have that understanding that when we are moved by what moves God, life is so much better and life has so much more purpose and life has so much more victories and enjoyment. And so I want to pray for you who are dealing with indifference today. I want to deal with you for those who are in that overwhelming place, being moved by everything around you. Remember what our big takeaway was? The problem with indifference is that many who have it don't know it. See, there might be many of you today listening, realizing, I, I didn't know that that was indifference. You, you didn't identify it as that. And those that do don't care. And so I believe that that's important that we get back to caring, that we get back to having an encounter with God, that we get back to opening up our hearts and have a sincere um, acknowledgement that I've, I, I just don't care or I, I recognize now that what I'm dealing with truly is indifference. God wants to meet you today. God wants to help you today. God wants to expose the indifference, eradicate it, and get you back on the right road again to have fire in your belly for God again, to have passion in your relationship with God again. So you're no longer moved by what we should not be moved by as believers, but that we are moved by what moves God. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I bless every person today at the sound of my voice. Those that are, that are, are, are watching right now, those that will watch later on, I pray the, uh, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, comes into our hearts and challenges us today. And I pray right now, Father God, as we are sincerely acknowledging the fact that we've allowed indifference into our heart, forgive us. We humbly acknowledge it. We repent. Forgive me. Forgive us for allowing indifference to creep into our hearts. And Father, I pray right now that each one of us will make that decision to have a fresh encounter with God. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender to you today. Oh God, right where we are in our homes, we as a family, as individuals, we surrender and we ask you for help, help from heaven today. We stir up the fire in us again. Stir up the passion in us again. Stir up the longing to serve you and to, and to, and to understand, Lord, without you, we can do absolutely nothing. Forgive us for allowing ourselves to be moved by all the wrong influences and voices and, and we get back straight again to be moved by what moves you, our Father. So we take authority over indifference, we curse it from its roots, and we say, you are not welcome in our hearts. We command you to leave us now as we then surrender to God and His Word and His plan and His purpose, and we stir up the fire in our soul again, the fire in our spirit again, the fire 
and the passion of God in our lives again. And we believe that as we've heard the alarm today, that we will never again be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. I pray you meant that prayer and, and I pray you're having a, a move of God right there in your own home today, right there in your that place where you might uh, typically watch us on any given Sunday. God bless you today. An encounter with God is very important and every human being needs to have an encounter with God. If you've never had an encounter with God, meaning you've never opened up your heart and asked Jesus to come into your heart and you've never repented for your sins and asked God for forgiveness, you need to. You need to do it today. You need to do it now. There's just too much craziness going on. You cannot go through this season without having an encounter with God. I want to pray with you that you'll open up your heart and allow Jesus to come into your heart and you recognize, I, I can't do this by myself. It's too overwhelming. It's crazy. I need supernatural intervention in my life. I need Jesus in my heart today. Let me pray with you. Pray this prayer with me, please. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I, I can't do this season without you. I, I'm failing on every side, but no longer. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. I declare you as my Lord and Savior, and I receive by faith Forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. In the name of Jesus, I will never be the same. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you for joining in. Please, you don't want to miss next week as we get into John chapter 4 and the woman at the well. I believe today's message was a great step to, to reclaim our hearts. We want to be moved by what moves God. God bless you.